everyone, and welcome to the Able Voices Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, Founding Managing Director of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting guest artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices Podcast. Today, you'll meet Jennifer Masumba. Jennifer Masumba is an award-winning solo musician dropping gems such as Minus Your Girlfriend, We'd Make a Great Pair. Jennifer's writing has been compared to Joni Mitchell meets The Moldy Peaches. Her refreshingly simple tunes will have you humming along in no time, but listen deeper and you will find complex imagery playing out the stories of our lives. As someone on the autism spectrum, Jennifer has found a unique way of expressing herself through music, often upbeat, her music also weaves a baseline of strength and grit born through adversity. Jennifer's music tends to have mass appeal with adults and children alike asking her to play hot sauce and chips for a second time at her live shows. Her music just makes you feel good. She puts into words how I am feeling is a frequent sentiment from her fans. Her following might be small for now, but her message is mighty. Jennifer is one to watch. Welcome, Jennifer. We are delighted to have you as the next guest host of the Able Voices podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. I'd like you to start off by telling us your story as an artist. How did you start as an artist and how did you get to where you are today? I started out uh, when I was a kid. I was very creative. I remember I used to make these birthday cards for my family members, and they were really complex. I would tape a matchbox card, and that would have roads they could drive on. And I don't know. My mind just went, went all out on things. And I was very creative like that as a kid with my Legos. And um, I started playing music in, um, when my dad brought us a piano. I was playing by ear little songs I would hear my brothers playing and from the record. And um, so I just explored things on my own. And in third grade, I, I, I was enamored with the violin. They had violin classes. And I, I took my little, my little um, permission slip home, and I was so excited. And actually, my, the violin teacher, I excelled immediately. And he recommended to my mom that I take private lessons because he just, he said I was really talented. And um, I ended up playing first chair violin. When I was in fifth grade for the for the high school orchestra, wow! So I'm like this, yeah. I'm like this little kid leading this high school orchestra, and <laughs> the kids were really nice, though they treated me like their little sister, and um, it was great. But then my life got kind of turned around at the age of 15 because my autism and my my obsessive compulsions got so bad that I was hospitalized, and from there, yeah, from there I was um placed in residential psychiatric placements for the next 20 years. Wow. And I lost all of that during those years. And then I finally came to where I live now, which is still technically a residential placement, but it's very free and I'm allowed to express myself and, you know, play my music. And um, so I just little by little started gaining it back. And then I think that when the pandemic hit, I really 
I just took off with everything because well, what else was I going to do? And I wrote a book and then I started um, writing a lot of music. Here I am. Wow. Tell me more about the book that you wrote. Yes, it's called Shouting at Leaves. And it's a memoir, but not one of, I didn't want it to be like, oh, look at my life, uh, read about me, you know. <laughs> I wanted it to be helpful for other people. So I tell my stories, but I also give advice along the way of how how I learned to deal with these things. So hopefully young people on the spectrum that read the book or even older people just discovering they're on the spectrum can see like how I dealt with things and learn new ways and uh, suggestions on how to deal with with life as someone on the spectrum. So it's, it, it is my life story, but it's also a tool. I love that. It's not just your story. It's something that really is aimed at helping people. Yes. Tell me about your songwriting process. How do you write a new song? Oh, when I get a song idea, I get extremely excited. So I'll just give you an example. That's the best way to tell you. Two nights ago, all of a sudden, I just got really anxious, like, it was so heavy and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I can't breathe right now. I'm so anxious. And I have a staff person that kind of hangs out with me mm -hmm. um, where I live. And I say, I told her I'm anxious. I just don't know what to do. And then I said, let's write a song and we'll call it anxious. And I just started <laughs> playing these chords on the piano that coincided with that feeling. And I was like, and I just started singing. I'm anxious, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tight and I'm confused. And I just, these words started coming out. And that's pretty much my process for any song. I'll get an idea. Someone will say a, a sentence or a, I'll just think of a theme. And I said, okay, that's going to be a song. You know, Minus Your Girlfriend, We Make a Great Pair, really came from a crush I had. And he's always like, oh, I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, huh, if she didn't exist, you know, maybe this would work out. So I wrote that yeah. song. I was just being honest. <laughs> I think that's a big underscoring of all that you're talking about. Your book and your music, it all comes from a place of real honesty yeah, and expression. Yeah. Even the birthday cards you were talking about come from this place of just honest expression, which I think is really amazing. A lot of people might have those feelings and have those ideas, but don't know how to put them out and also wouldn't put them out there for other people to see. And that's really also pretty incredible, right? Mm -hmm. You might Somebody might write a song and just keep it to themselves. You're putting your work out there. Can you talk about how you do that? Um, yeah, well, I started with social media. I have a YouTube channel and on Instagram. And then I actually was on the, um, an app called Clubhouse for a little while. I still go on there. And um, I was, I don't want to say discovered, but there was a music executive who heard me playing live on one of the rooms and um, he just loved my song. He said, I thought that was a song that was already written and you were just doing a cover, which was a really nice compliment. Yeah. And he kind of took me under his wing and I ended up getting representation now and I'm writing music for sync for film and television and ads, which is the path I want to take. I, um, I think it's a good steady way to um, have income and I'm working towards a more independent life through that. I, you know, I'd like to have my own house. I'd like to choose who I work with as a caregiver. I just want to have more, more independence that I never had. And I think that will really 
after being in placements for so many years, yeah. it's really important to me to have that in the, that feeling of I'm in control, you know? Absolutely. And it does sound like your music is the path to get you there. It's yeah. an amazing story. So from what you described, it sounds like a lot of your music education was DIY. You had public school, clearly you had violin, but it sounds like a lot of the songwriting and other kinds of things were DIY. Am I right about that? Or how did you learn how to do all this stuff? Yes, absolutely. DIY, thanks to uh, the great YouTube, school of YouTube, you know, and I, I go back to my older songs and I see my progress just from writing, writing, writing. And I belong to some online, I'm in this one group, Musicians Peer Support, and it, we play our songs for each other, um, you know, once a month and we get feedback. So nice. they'll tell you, hey, this works, this kind of doesn't work. And, and it helps me learn and shape. And I still keep my own, my own style, but it does help me learn you know, what works for what, what are film, what are, what are ads looking for in a song? You know, what, you know, I'm adding more like claps and things to my songs so that mm. they'll be, those, they have sections they can use for their ads. And so I'm just putting it all together, just all being online. I take every free zoom class I can find. If it's like, Hey, this person's talking about this topic today. Sure. I'll sign up. I'll go watch it. And that's how I've learned. I love that. I love that. That is amazing. Um, and it also, it, it allows people to think that they could learn too, right? Yes. Which I think is really important. So I know that you have an excerpt of one of your songs that you're that we're going to share. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear? Yeah, um, I want to share a song. I'm, I'm going to decide. It's, it's called Human. And um, I wrote it the other day. I was inspired by a series I was watching on um, Apple TV. And it's, it's kind of a song where I say some of my faults, you know, um, I, or the faults of being a human and that, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm only human and it, it's fun. And, um, and I think it's got a real good beat and I don't know, it, I just, it resonates. <laughs> I like the message that you're talking about here, right? We're in this time of all this toxic positivity. Everybody right. only shows what's best. You know, what, what yeah. social media is everybody's perfect and happy. And you know what? We're all human. Yeah. And we have that in common. And we need to celebrate that stuff too, for sure. I'm curious because I watch a lot of TV. What show was it inspired by? Shrinking. Oh, I'm watching that show too. Yes. <laughs> And actually, my reps, they are interested there and say, we'll contact them, see about season two. So Shrinking, if you're listening, I would love to have my song in season two. <laughs> <laughs> love the plug. So um, let's listen to that song. Yes. Because these monsters are chasing me, trip on my laces. We ain't fast enough. And I'm blaming you selfishly. Reach out my hand just to push you away. Why can't I stop making mistakes? Thank you. 
So Jennifer, thank you for sharing that song with us. Um, can you tell us about what you're currently working on? Um, yes. Well, I am working on, and I can't say the name of the company because I don't want to jinx it, but um, there's a company that's interested in working with me with um, maybe even like a show idea. So I'm pitching, show, uh, writing, making pitches for show ideas. And I'm also working on a graphic novel of a screenplay I wrote called Girls School. And the screenplay's finished, and um, it's it's based on characters I've known, you know, throughout the years. And it's the premise is what happens if you have all these girls in a behavioral residential school and none of the staff show up? What happens? Oh, my. Yeah. So... <laughs> Sounds really interesting. I love that you went from screenplay to graphic novel, too. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's different from storyboarding it. I mean, you're really telling the whole story. You want the novel stands on its own, right? Yes. I um, Actually, you know, it's, it's hard to get someone to make your film unless you're a known, a known writer. Yes. Um, and usually if you do get a writing job, they, they tell you what to write. But I was talking to another filmmaker friend. He said, oh, I'm getting my film. I'm just going to make it a graphic novel, you know, and then maybe someone will want to make it a movie from there. But even if not, look, I have my own, my own book and I have something to show and people to share with people. So I was like, that's a great idea. So I'm actually looking at artists now to hire an artist to work with. And I'm just all in. I'm excited. That is really exciting. Very cool. What advice would you give to a young disabled artist? Oh, I would say... Now is your time. Go for it. Because, you know, back in years ago, I would have been overlooked and underestimated. But now companies and rep agencies, are they're actively seeking disabled talent. Some of them, I think, do it just to check a box. But others are sincerely want, they sincerely want to represent, you know, disabled artists and it's a great time for that. So don't be afraid to put, you know, in your bio, you know, I'm a disabled artist or whatever you feel comfortable sharing because that can differentiate you and they can say, oh, okay, let's look into this person more. Um, I, I'll just say that. So I say now is your time. It is. I love that advice. And I hope that those who are listening take that advice. I want to thank you for sharing your experiences and your thoughts with us today. It's wonderful to hear all about your music and about your journey. And I think that what you just said for your advice is apropos about you, Jennifer, because now is most definitely your time. And in terms of the Able Voices podcast, we are looking forward to our next episode where you will be our host. Yes. Bye. Able Voices is a production of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, led by me, Dr. Rhoda Bernard, the Founding Managing Director. It is produced by Daniel Martinez del Campo. The intro music is by Kai Levin, and our closing song is by Sebastian Batista. Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education. If you would like to learn more about our work, Find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-A-E 
or email us at BIAAE at Berkeley, that's L-E-E dot E-D-U.